All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get started tonight. We've uh, obviously had another eventful week and um, we had uh, decided to uh, to go ahead and it would be best to do another service uh, Wednesday night uh, here at the house and um, always uh, enjoy this. It's not as good, of course, if we can't be together. That's the that's the most desired thing, of course, is that we're uh, able to be together for the importance of fellowship um, and to be able to have church. And I think that that's one thing that that many people dismiss is the the power of uh, fellowship and uh, the power of being together. Um, I know that we're all believers and I know that that, you know, the for those of you that are getting on, you know, we um, relatively believe the same thing. And um, but but so many other believers don't quite see the value of being together. And I think that's so important. And of course, there are times when uh, we're not able to, um, like this week and last week. Um, there's just sometimes it just doesn't work out. But we're we're doing everything that we can uh, to to bring that back together again. And we're hoping the next week we can uh, we can bring it uh, back together and and have a normal service. Um, but there's such a huge importance on fellowship, and there's such a huge importance on being together. And, and just as a as a warning, I think it's important, you know, I always want to make sure I check myself, you know, you guys, um, you know, as we go through the uh, these months and, and getting through all this stuff, make sure that we keep it or keep our hearts in check uh, in the for the importance of church and the importance of fellowship and the importance of being together. Um, there, there's such a needs to be such an emphasis on that uh, when it's so easy now today to be drawn away and to be doing something else. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and pray uh, as we, we always do, and, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for uh, letting us gather together, Lord, and, and by whatever means possible. Father, I pray tonight that the word would go forth, Lord, and would penetrate heart, Lord. God, whoever may hear this, Father God, as it's being recorded, Lord, and as it goes through the airways, God, Father, we just pray. We just pray your anointing. We pray your hand. Be with us tonight. Father, we, we invite you into our, our time together, and we ask you to teach us and to, to show us your ways, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you guys would turn to uh, Matthew, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew um, chapter 13 tonight. I got a scripture for you I want to start off with, and we've got a couple um we got a couple other places I want to go tonight that I think you guys are going to really like. I found a scripture. Well, I say I found it. I think the Holy Spirit pointed the scripture out to me today, um, dealing directly with current situation, um, current lifestyle. And I want to ask everybody that's on here a question and something to be thinking about as we go through this. And the question is this, where is your heart? Where is it? Where, where is the thing that God communicates with? And I'm not talking about a location. I guess in a sense I am, but I'm not talking about a location within the body. I'm talking about where is it at? Where is it taking you? Where is your heart? Where is your heart at? And we're going to cover some scriptures that are going to talk a little bit about the heart and the direction of the heart. And that's something that um, 
as a believer, we, we have to think about is that the heart is directional. The heart, what I mean by directional is, is the heart always has, is going in a direction. It has a place that it's, it's going. And so where is that at? Where is your heart at? Is it in, um, is it in the things of God? Is it in um, seeking God and, and your energies and, and things like that? Where is your heart at? Or is it in something else? Is it is it pulled away and is it distracted? So that's that's just a question I want to present tonight. I'm actually going to bring that back up here in just a little bit. I want to read a couple uh, scriptures and we'll start in Matthew chapter 13, verse 14. It says this. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. Today, we see calloused hearts. And if you'll notice that scripture, you notice the way that it says, so you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. If there was ever a time where there's a whole lot of hearing going on, there's a whole lot of information going out, there's a whole lot of things being said, there, that's, and it's going on constantly, but in nobody understanding it. And you would think, you would think in a society where there's been a vast increase of knowledge, you would think because we are all connected and we all have access to the internet, we all have access to information, you would think there would be a greater understanding, but there's not. In fact, we're farther away from understanding. I would even say that this knowledge and, um, and this, well, let me put it this way, according to the scripture, this ever hearing has even affected the Christian believer and the church. You got all this stuff coming in from all different directions and having to take all this information in and process it and try to figure everything out. Um, the We have such a, a massive amount of information that has to be sifted through and gone through. But it says here, it says you'll be ever hearing, but never understanding, meaning you're going to you're always looking for more to hear and, and, and more information to get, but never coming to a conclusion, never really coming to a place where, you know what, I get it. And I, I can I can tell you that the only time that I've ever got it was when I read God's word. That's the only time I ever got it. When I read it, I was like, oh, I got it. I get it now. That makes sense. It's the only time, my, time I've ever gotten it. Any time else, any, anything else that I'm, you know, you, you deal with in life, you come across it and, you know, it, it's, it's something, it's usable. Um, it, it's, it has worth for living, but there's never an aha moment. I've only got those moments in God's word. And so it says, you will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving, never having the right perception. And for this people's heart has become calloused. And, and, and if you'll notice there in the structure of the scriptures and what he's saying there, it, it said he says that the, that the hearing and the seeing have been nullified because of the condition of the heart. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about how this works. Think about how this plays into the believer's life. Is that the, the people's heart has become calloused and that the heart has been hardened. And so because the heart is hard or the heart is calloused, the heart has been toughened up. It's been, it's been scabbed over whatever the situation is. 
you can't hear correctly and you can't see correctly. And so think about how important, just for a minute, and then we'll keep moving. Think about how important your hearing and your seeing are and how they play into your everyday life, how important it is that you have to have those. Just those, just those two particular things, you absolutely have to have them. But, it, but understanding what it's meaning here, the condition of the heart is what determines what you're seeing and what you're hearing, how you're bringing that in. What's that mean to you? Um, Pastor and I were talking about this the other day. It seems like there has been some sort of a shroud pulled over people's eyes. They can't see some of the stuff that's going on. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about people in the church. It's like there's some sort of covering and something else is going on. Uh, there's something covering the ear. And it's like it doesn't make any sense. How can you how can you with facts in front of your face with the obvious right staring you in the face and it says this is the fact and people today will absolutely flat refuse it. And it doesn't matter what evidence you have. And to me, this is the scripture that begins to kind of unpack that confusion. And where is this coming from? Well, scripturally, it's coming from a calloused heart. It's coming from a calloused heart. And so let's read on because I have some other scriptures I want to cover. It says, if the people's heart, uh, for this, the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Some, something's happened because of that calloused heart. Something has happened in their ability to bring in information and to, and to be able to see properly, to hear properly. It just doesn't make sense. It's just something's not, something's not happening. Something's not right. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes. Now think about this. It's going to cover the eyes and the ears again. Otherwise, they may see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and I would heal them. I don't have to, I don't have time to, of course, we don't have a, a lot of time. I don't, I don't have time to backtrack from where he was coming from in Isaiah. But I want, I want to point out something to you here. When he covers the eyes and the ears again, he said that if the eyes, if, if the, if the eyes were working and the ears were working and ultimately if they understood have an understanding in their heart, because that's where it begins, is in the heart. It would turn and I would heal them. They would turn. And so I hear a lot of uh, people talk a lot today, you know, about, you know, the condition of of just people, you know, just overall people. And what is it like to witness to people today? And people will tell you it's a lot different talking about Jesus today than it was 20 years ago sure is a lot different than it was 40 years ago. I'm obviously more in the realm of the 20 year. And I've seen a vast change in that, in the way that people respond and the way that people view you and the way that people see you. Well, the, the way that people see the church and the worth of the church, the worth of a Christian and the, and the, 
the way that they play into society. So many people today have become radicals. They become radicals. And what I mean by radicals is, is that there's no there's no room for um, there's no room for conversation. There's no room for debate. There's no room for talk. The heart has been calloused. I ain't hearing what you got to say. And I ain't seeing what you're doing. I don't care. I know what I want to do, and that's all that matters. And we're seeing that today. Um, we're seeing a, a complete changeover into a, a complete radicalism. And the church is right in the middle of that. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm pointing this out, and the reason I'm mentioning these things, you think, why in the world are you bringing up radicalism? Why would you bring up something like that? Because it's pertinent to today. It's, it, is, it is cutting edge stuff today. And the church has got to open their eyes and to realize that these things— that you think aren't at your door or that it doesn't matter. It, you know, it's, yeah, we're, I'm just going to go to church. I wish, you know, everyone can just leave me alone. They're not going to leave you alone. They're not. And if we don't get a good grip on what God's word says about the calloused heart, about where our heart is at, where our conditioning is at as Christians, then we stand the, the risk of falling into the same group and becoming radicals ourselves, but for the wrong reasons and for the wrong thing. It's a, it's a it, walking every day. I mean, you can feel it walking every day in this mess. There's a risk of having a calloused heart. Misty and I talk about it often. It's like sometimes I come home and my house is my sanctuary and I come in and I literally feel like I exhale the moment I walk in the door. It's like, oh, I'm home away from all of the stuff that's going on. I wish I didn't feel that way all the time. I mean, I, I can't say that it's some sort of dominant thing that hits me every day. It's not, but it's obvious. There are things going on out there that are exhausting and there's a risk of having a calloused heart. There's a risk of, you know, when I'm I'm talking to people and I'm finding out where they're at, because I'm kind of always curious about where people stand spiritually and where, you know, where are you at? You know, what are you doing in life? You know, what's what's kind of where are you going? You know, where are things where are things headed in your life? And and it's so surprising to me the way that, that people view things now. And it's coming from a very direct pers perspective. And that perspective is unchanging. It's unchanging. And so we got to make sure that if we're going to we're going to be unchanging, that we're connected to the right thing and that our hearts aren't being calloused in that, that we're just assuming because we go to the church or we log in on Wednesday night and we listen to a message or we listen to a, a verse or, or whatever that we think that we're right. And that's risky. That's a risky thing, because we're talking about an issue of the heart here. Now, I, I firmly believe that there are facilities that are in each one of you that are directly connected to the heart. You know, you ever heard somebody say, you ever heard somebody say, um, like when you were in school, they say, uh, where are you at today? You know, where's your mind at today? You know, I used to say that when I practiced basketball. If my head was, if, if I didn't come in and I wasn't thinking about the plays and I wasn't running the plays right, the coach would always ask me, he's like, where's your head at today? What are you thinking today? Well, see, I, I don't even, I don't need to ask that. I don't need to ask that today because I believe that thinking is directly connected and inclusive with where your heart's at. I believe it goes with it.
the scripture to back that up. Where that, where your heart is at is where your thinking is going to be. Where your heart is at, here's another one, is where your dedication is going to be. Where your devotion is going to be. Wherever that heart is at is where those things are going to be at. It's inevitable. You're, you are not going to lead your heart with your mind. Your mind is going to drag. You're, 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 you're not going to. Your heart is going to do the leading. Your heart will take your mind. Whatever's going on in here is going to be what you're thinking about. But you're, you're not going to. You're not going to start thinking about church. You're not going to start thinking about God and all of a sudden it become important to you. Starts here. Where's your heart at? That's my question. Where is your heart at? Where's it going? What path is it on? Where's it? Where's it leading you? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it trying to figure out a, a way to get closer to God? You might get tired of us saying that kind of stuff. You know, you might get tired of it. And, and listen, I'm just as real about the situation as anybody else. I firmly understand the restraints of time and the the rigors of life and how difficult it is to make sure that we're praying and we're doing the right thing. I get it, man. It's tough. But I, but I want to ask you a, a question along with that. Are you thinking about it? I mean, is it something inside of you that's stirring and you can feel it and you say, you know what? I need to do something. I need to do whatever it takes to make sure that I, I can spend some time with the Lord and I can have some fellowship with him because that means a lot to me. It's important to me because you know it because it's in your heart. It's deep within your heart. And so your heart cries out. Your heart's crying out for a relationship with the Lord. And so your mind is like kicks into gear. It's like, OK, I got to figure something out here. Or does it even matter to you? Does it even matter? Where's your heart at? Where, where's your heart? Okay, so let's keep moving. So he said, and I'm going to finish that, which I already said it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate something here. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, un understand with their hearts, and then turn, and I would heal them. And the, and the thing about the turning, and that was a point that I wanted to make a second ago, was it's that that's the thing about the turn. You don't turn without the heart. There's no turn without the heart. This goes back to something we've talked about in Rock Harbor often, and that's that's the that's the theme of repentance. Repentance, meaning I'm sorry for what I have done, and then turning away from that thing and then never going back to it again. That's that's true repentance. True repentance comes from the heart. True repentance comes from a turn of the heart. So as the heart turns, then it goes in the direction it needs to go. Here's the thing about the turn. You can turn in all kinds of different directions. Kind of like in a Rubik's Cube. You've heard me use that analogy before with the heart. I mean, that thing is just being tossed around and you know, you're trying to find the red and the yellow and the match. And you're trying to get this thing to fit together the way that it needs to. Um, that's nothing that you can do yourself. But assuredly, the, the plan is quite simple. Is that when we look at God's ways versus the world's ways and we make a decision, OK, I'm going to do what God is asking me to do. There is a way that that goes. There is a way that it looks. It looks a particular way. And so you open God's word and then you begin to see it. You begin to hear it as it comes in. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. 
And then all of a sudden you have a spark and then your heart says, okay, we're going to go this way. Where is your heart? Where's it at? Okay, let's go to, um, this is a good one. Let's go to Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27, 19. Now, this is some heavy artillery in some in a really short amount of words. Proverbs 27, 19 says this, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. That's good stuff. As water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. Now I'm going to ask you that same question again. See, now we're, we're putting together a bit of a puzzle here. So you're telling me that my heart shows who I really am? The answer is yes. And so I ask you that same question. Where is your heart at? Because that's who you are. Right here. It's reflecting who you are. You say... But, Tanner, I want to be like David. You know, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. I can tell you whether that's true or not by where you're going and what you're doing. Or what you're not doing. Like, it's real simple. The heart is going to reflect the man. It's like a mirror. What's reflecting back? Where is it at? What's it doing? Because where it at, where it's at, and what it's doing is who you are. Now, here's the thing about the the location of the heart too, and, and many people might think that may miss this. We always have a tendency to look at everything in black and white. Your heart may be in a in a in a good moral place. You may have a really good sense of morality. You may have a really good sense of ethics and morals. You, you, may, you may have a, a, a great direction when it comes to what's right and what's wrong. What, what makes you a good contributor to society? That's why I was always, you know, I always heard it termed was, you know, you want to raise your kids so they'd be good contributors to society. Well, there's so much more to it than just being a good contributor to society. And then we have to, we have to look at what the scripture is saying about this reflection. And we say, but Tanner, I'm a good person though. Tanner, I, I hold down a job. I hold down a job. I don't, I, I try not to get mad or angry at people. My disposition on life is not to be combative. I want to be a good person. I want to be um, the kind of person that other people like to be around. All that stuff is fine and great. All that stuff is fantastic. But when you unpack those things from the Lord and the one who created them, then they really don't hold a lot of value anymore. That should really bother us to find that out, because there are a lot of Christians today who are who are living good moral lives. They are living good moral lives. They are. 
They're going and doing things that are we are saying that are biblical. They're biblical things. They're feeding the poor. They're they're taking care of homeless. They're they're doing all of these these things that are good contributing things to society. They're looked at well. They've got a good name amongst the people and the masses. They're good people overall. Good people. But they unpacked God from it a long time ago. And and God is not important to them anymore. The things that he gave them is. But God himself, as a relationship, as our father, as as uh, as Yahweh, as as the, the heavenly father, it's not that important anymore. It's not that important anymore. We'll hold it together. We'll hold it together with a prayer every now and then. We'll hold we'll hold it together with a bit of a bit of singing, a bit of hugging, a bit of fellowship. And yeah, I mean, that's good. You know, that's good. Now back to it again. Where's your heart at? Where is your heart tonight? Is it is it in the Lord? And what he's doing and what he wants for your life? Or is it become more of a uh is it become more of a just a a lifestyle to just get by? You just wanna I just wanna I just wanna kinda get through this thing. That's one of the temptations that I think I have as far as my my perspective. And, and the things that I get hit with a lot, I would say that that's probably one of the bigger temptations is to be complacent about your prayer life and your reading because you're too busy and God understands. And I'm telling you from the depths of my heart, that is a dangerous thing to get caught up in that we are too busy and we become too overwhelmed to spend time with our father. And you'll notice a lot of times when I say it, I don't just term it. I won't always term it like reading and praying. And those are the things they are. But those are just components that make up the relationship that we have with our father, because that relationship between him and me is everything. That's that's everything. My my time with him is not just what I would call a prayer time. That's my conversation. That's my visitation rights. That's my that's me sitting with him and asking him, what do I need to do with this mess? And what do I need to do with all this stress? And how do I manage this? How do I love my family correctly? How do I love my wife correctly? How do I keep bitterness out of my heart? How do I do all of these things? Yes, that is the con- that's the connection that I don't ever want to lose. I've, I've, I'm saying it's a temptation because I have been there before. I've lost that. I've lost it where where I heard I heard this voice telling me that. You're too busy. You got lots of kids. You have a lot of responsibilities and God understands. Tanner, he understands what you're going through. And and you know what? God does understand what you're going through. He does. He does understand what you're going through. 
but it's it's no different than uh than, than dealing with family and you guys know I, I i use these examples a lot it's like your family members understand what you're going through but they still want a relationship with you they get it they know times are tough they know you might be going through something say so, yeah you know they're going through some stuff right now god understands it yeah he gets it but what are we going to do we're we going to just say we're going to go through something and not talk to the father anymore we're just going to stop praying we're going to get upset because COVID won't go away and we can't get it. We can't seem to get the job situation right and whatever it is. And we're just going to just how long are we going to hang in limbo before we decide to come back to him and treat him like the father that he is not as a supplier, not just as somebody who just is making sure that our life doesn't fall apart. Why are we not treating him like a father that loves us and that cares for us? We should be treating him like that. And so that means a lot to me. Those things are important to me because I know that there is a warfare going on right now in the church uh, amongst in people's hearts. And the devil is trying to gain ground in people's heart by telling them and convincing them that things are just, man, you're just too overwhelmed. You're just, you got too much on your plate. You need to, you need to go and take care of your business. And, and I've caught myself many times, catch myself overworked, overthinking things, completely engulfed. And then the next thing up, the next thing, the next thing he does, when he gets you going for six days, he's going to ask for the seventh. And I'm talking about the enemy. If he gets you going for six days, he's going to ask you for the seventh. And then the question is, is that does it ever end? Does it ever end? <laughs> Do you ever really catch up? Do you ever really figure it all out? Do you ever really finally come to a place where you can say, OK, now I'm going to pray. Okay, now I'm going to read. Now I'm going to talk to God. You ever really come to that place? The answer is no. I'm reiterating this verse, and I'm going to move on to my next one. As water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. Where is your heart? Where is it at? Okay, let's go back to um, let's go back to Matthew. Um, chapter six. You guys knew you had to know if we were talking about the heart that I was going to bring this verse up. Matthew chapter uh, six, verse twenty one. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's why I asked you where your heart was at. That's why I've been asking you for the last half hour, where is your heart at? Because that is going to be where you're at. That's going to be where all your facilities are at. That's going to be where your vision your hearing, all of your senses, spiritual and otherwise, 
are going to be geared in that direction. Everything that you have that's important to you is wherever your heart is at. There's no way you can get away from that. And, and, and I've, I've said, I've said similar stuff like this before, but I'm a much like pastor on this. I tell you, I beat myself up over these scriptures way before I ever give them to you or online. They convicted me and tore me up and I've chewed on them and I've rolled them over and I've been convicted over them. And there is no other way to look at it. When the Bible says that wherever that heart of yours is, is where your treasure's at, you can rest assured that that's the absolute truth. And so it's kind of like one of them things where it kind of breaks things down. It kind of, it kind of puts you in a position where you have to really be honest with yourself and you got to really get raw and, and it kind of breaks some things out of the way. And it's like, okay, if I'm going to accept this verse at face value, Let's just accept it at face value. Let's not try to bring our mind into it. Let's not try to break it down. Let's not try to make it something that it's not. Let's just put all of that to the side for just a look for just a minute. And let's just say this verse means what it says at face value. It's like the scripture is calling you out. Challenging you. It says wherever that heart of yours is. Is where. The important stuff is at. It's where the valuables are at. It's where all of the good things that you have called good are at in your life. That's where they're at. That's wherever your heart's at. Because there's a truth there, an unmistakable truth that as I've asked you that question tonight, I've asked you, I said, where's your heart at? Wherever you found it at, you found the things that were important to you. And here's the, here's the thing that's the most revealing. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't, don't think, don't say just because we're on here, you're on here with me and hey, you're, at, you're alone at your house, you're by yourself. This is the time to be honest with yourself. Is God really important to me? Is I think that he is is god really as important to to me as i say he is to everyone else or is it is it just some things that i was left with a long time ago i was left with a good view of morality i was left with a good view of um kindness and those are the things that I, those are the angles that I operate from. Quite truthfully, maybe I haven't actually had a heart to heart with him in a long time. I'm asking you tonight because that was the question that came to me as I meditated on this uh, throughout the day was what would be the message tonight? I said, what do you want me to say? That's usually my question. That's usually what I ask. As I ask, I said, what do you want me to say? What what do they need to hear? Sometimes I can look things up and it works. Sometimes he just tells me. And he asked me the question today, well, where's your heart at? Where's it at? And so I'm leaving you with that tonight. And 
I want you to take it. You know, sometimes, you know, when you, we finish a message, you know, it's like, hey, no, none of y'all take this personal. No, I want you to take it personal. I want you to take it personal. I want you to let it run all over you. And I want you to consider every aspect of the location of the heart, of its location. Now, I hear a lot of people always tell me, you know, they'll, you know, and, and I'm not, let, let me make sure that I say this in the right context because then you may, you may take me wrong. There are certain things that just line up. Okay. Now I want, I always tell, encourage everybody, hey, I want you at church. I want you at church. Absolutely. Church is important. There's no dismissing that. And I could sit here all night long and I can make the argument for it. I can make, and I'm talking from a, from a, just a, from a societal perspective of how, how beneficial it is to society to have people gathering at church. Now that's important stuff. Um, how you think that it's an option, but it's actually a need. <laughs> and, I, and, and I know, I mean, you're probably thinking, I don't see it that way. That's fine. It's okay. I mean, you don't have to necessarily see it that way. I mean, but that's, that's the way that it is, is that it's a need. God, you know, God created, um, <clears throat> he created the church to operate together and as a family. I, I think it's kind of funny that if you start having desires to operate outside of that and to be outside of that and not even want to be a part of it, then the enemy has weaseled his way in and convinced you of something that's not true. This should never be. There should never be a question uh, for our motivation to want to gather together. So I said all that to say this. I said, you know, we were talking about the condition of the heart. Where your heart is, is, is where your treasure is going to be. It's going to be what's important to you. I think everything else lines up when we get the heart condition right. I think everything else just makes sense. I think that I think we we want to be at church when we make sure our heart's not calloused and it's good and it's healthy. I think we want to be. I, I don't I don't think you have to sit there and try to convince yourself to show up on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday or whenever the service is. And I don't know who's all on here. Maybe you're all a part of Rock Harbor. Maybe you're from other places. I, I don't have any idea. But but here's the thing. When when you have to convince yourself that that's a good place to be, something has happened to the heart that's convinced it that that's not that important because that's not where you, that's not what's important to you. And so I think that sometimes we have to kind of unravel some things and we got to come back and we got to do uh, like, like the Bible talks about doing some of our, our, our first works over. And we got to, we got to come back from that, come at the beginning and look at some of the very fundamentals that make the church strong what makes the church strong? What makes the church strong are healthy hearts. Healthy hearts that want to be there and that want to know God and that want to have a relationship with the Father. Not being there because somebody made you or because that's where the gathering place is at today or any of that jive. None of that matters. What matters is, is that we're there for the right reason and that your heart's in it. That your heart's in it. And I believe if that your heart is if your heart is spiritually healthy and it's not calloused, I believe that you're gonna want to be there. And and I said church, I just use that as an example because there's so many other things that I could use. Uh, we could use prayer. I don't think you gotta make yourself pray 
when your heart is in a good condition. Now tell me that ain't true. When your heart is healthy and you are thriving spiritually, you're praying. You're praying. But when you are angry and when you are calloused and when you've let things inside your heart that don't belong there, it's harder to pray. It's harder to get connected to God. And it's harder to do the things that create a good, healthy relationship. It all centers back on the heart, church. It all comes back to the heart. Where's the thing at? What's it doing? Where's it carrying you? Where's it taking you? I'll be doing this. We've been going about 42 minutes now. So I'm going to go ahead and wind this thing down. So I appreciate all of you that are on tonight that have, uh, have attended this, uh, this uh, small online service. Um, I really enjoy these times. It does create a, a bit of a different environment. And sometimes it's sometimes certain messages can be delivered better, you know, in this kind of an environment. And I think it's it, I think it's uh, good that we're able to do this. It is better to be together. But for the time being, we do the best that we can. Um, I hope that challenges you tonight. I appreciate you guys. Uh, I want to pray a prayer. You know, we usually pray a, a prayer kind of like a dismissal. But, you know, my, my prayer tonight, you know, it's for it's it's for our hearts. It's for the condition of the true self, the, the who you really are and, and, and not just a facade, not just not just a make believe thing, not just some kind of idea. It's, it's for the condition of your heart and that you're healthy. Let's pray. Father. Thank you. God, that you've given us hearts that are connected to you. God, I pray that we don't take it for granted. God, I pray that we don't take it for granted, Lord, that you, that you speak to us and that you deal with us through the heart. Father, I pray tonight, God, if there be anybody on here that's connected with what we've talked about tonight, that the Holy Spirit has brought. Father, I pray, God, if we've fallen under conviction, God, that we just simply yield. God, I just pray that we simply yield. And we simply allow you to do what you want to do in our lives. God, time is short and it's too short to not let you have full control. God, I pray tonight, God, that you would touch the people in our church that have been dealing with sickness. Father, we just come against sickness in the name of Jesus. We reject sickness in the name of Jesus. We take authority over sickness by the blood of Jesus. We take authority over these things and we command all sickness to leave our church in Jesus' name. Father, we take authority over these things, Father God, and we stand on your word. Father, we stand on what you've said. God, not what man says. And Father, I pray that we stand on our faith and we take the authority and we, we use the authority that you've given us, Lord. But Father, I pray tonight, far from far from words, simply spoken, God, from just being maybe at times noisy people. God, I pray that we be healthy hearted people. Lord, help us to be people after your plan and your will. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you guys for being on tonight.